0: Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. Matt Steele. It is entitled, Quite at Home. Matt. Hello. How's everybody? Enjoying the, uh, the mild weather that we're having? temperate climate outside. Yeah, uh, somebody asked me if that should have been quiet at home, which of course at my house is not likely. Quite at home. You know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you can never go home, right? Use that in our culture and I suppose it can mean varying different things to different people, but to me it means the idea that you cannot go home to your childhood home, to be that child again that you were when you were growing up, maybe in that safe sanctuary uh, that obviously we want every child to grow up in, so that we can never go home. While that may be true in that sense, in a larger sense, that's all we've ever been trying to do, is go home. In fact, we're trying to return from where we came We're trying to return to the God who made us, who formed us and placed us in these bodies and send us out into the world. I was born in the city of Liverpool, right dab in the middle of the city. Not one of the suburbs, in the city center of Liverpool. That makes me a Scouser. I know you're all jealous. Everybody in the world would want to aspire to be a Scouser. You can't say that if you were born outside the city. It's, um, you know, it's a unique honor. But I was born in Liverpool, but that's really not my home. I don't remember that, obviously. And even when, we, when I was with my parents when I was very little, we lived in an apartment in the, in the city. I don't remember that either. What I do remember is a different place. The place where I did grew up, grow up, I remember the street that I was really raised on. There was nothing special by any means, but it was special to me. So, I would like to invite you all to come with me to my childhood home. So this is the street that I grew up on. Notice the grass it's really green I had to laugh when I first moved here I'm like they call this green country (laughs) but this is really green. so this is the street that I grew up on there's some trees missing I remember when some of those trees that should have been right here on these green verges collapsed through the storms or Dutch elm disease or whatever it was that that came in and it really changed the nature of the street But there is one other tree that uh, is still standing. Go ahead, Mike. This tree right here, right outside my house. Tried to climb that tree many times. Some more success than others. In fact, one time I managed to. I don't know how I did it, but I, we had a rope that was way up into the tree. I think a, a bigger kid had put it up there. So I thought it'd be good to, you know, walk up the tree with the rope that snapped. <laughs> and I landed on the pavement. And as I was, you know, gasping for breath, because you get that stunned, cannot breathe, I'm like, I'm gonna die right here. I've broken my back. You know, this is the worst case scenario right here. My dad came out, scooped me up, put me on the couch and carried on watching the Western movie that he was watching. <laughs> so he obviously knew that I wasn't uh, <clears throat> wasn't that injured. And then in the last picture you can see is actually my house. Or the house that I was raised in. And These are all semi-detached houses or what do you call it, duplexes. And so this house right here in the middle, that was our, our house where um, myself and my brother and sister were raised. And when we lived there, it wasn't that color, which looks weird to me to see it that color. It was a very dull gray looking color when we lived there. But these houses used to be rental houses and now they've all been bought and everybody's stylized them and you know changed the, from the, what they used to call the corporation green color on everything, and uh, so that's my house where I was raised. These houses predate World War II, and in fact, some of the uh, residents of some of the houses around us predated World War II and survived World War II. There's actually, I think I've told some of you, there's timbers in that roof that were burned, charred by German incendiary bombs that uh, a bomber got a little off course and decided that Hayville Road was the docks and tried to take it out. The timbers up there were so tough they didn't support them again with new timbers. They just, I guess, scraped off the burned part and framed over the top of it again. So. So that was my childhood home. place that I grew up, obviously the place of all kinds of memories. My parents don't live there anymore, which is even stranger. You really can't go home. Although I thought about next time we go to England, just knocking on the door, see if I can walk through the house. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll just be totally different. When we first moved into the house, uh, the lady that had been living there she was like 99 years old. She was about to be 100 years old and lived there forever. Her name was Mrs. Pofflewaite. Don't ask me to say that again. <laughs> and all the carpets had been taken out and everything and, you know, rental house there, you go get your own carpet. You go and furnish your own fixtures and paint your own walls. So we set about doing that and my dad did that. New carpet and new paint on the trim, and new wallpaper, and new light fixtures, refreshed and renewed the house. And I remember, you know, probably I was five, maybe five or six, and I remember following my dad around, which I know exactly what that feels like to be him now because that's what Benjamin does to me. What can I help you with, Daddy? Can I hold that for you? Can I paint that, Daddy? Can I put that on there? Daddy, what can I help you with now? Well, that was me following my dad around, wanting to help fix the house. When we first moved in, this house did not have any heating as far as uh, like a gas fireplace or central heating. It had coal fires. Two coal fires in each of the main living rooms and that was used to heat the house and heat the hot water. So, if you wanted hot water, a bath, you better have had fire going for a while. And subsequently, that hot water tank was actually in mine and my brother's bedroom, so it would be the source of heat for us at night in the winter. But then, of course, there's a whole new challenge with having a coal-fired hot water device which is in the middle of the summer and it's 80 degrees with no air conditioning and you don't want to turn on a coal fire. So we had very brief, cool baths in the summer. But eventually, after a while, we could afford to replace those, those coal fires with some gas fires and an, an actual instant hot water heater. Wow. Big time. But why did we make all these upgrades? Why did we fix all of these things that were maybe not optimum in the house? I mean, the fireplaces warmed the house as they were. There was not, nothing really wrong with the wallpaper. It was, you know, 1950s, but that's okay. The paint wasn't peeling off the woodwork so bad that you get splinters from the wood. Why did we go through all this trouble? Why did we fix up the house, decorate it? Why did we upgrade the appliances? The homes that you've lived in, maybe your childhood homes, and maybe the home that you live in now, I know earlier is in the middle of renovating. Why are you doing that? What was wrong with it the way it was before? Well, I guess you could have bought a really bad house. Why do we decorate? Why do we put personal touches to a building? Why do we put our own style and change a house into a home? Why do we do that? In fact, Kim and Sean, I've just moved into a new house. First night last night, right? If that was me, I would not get any sleep. In the new house, but I'm sure in a day or two they're going to invite us over for a huge housewarming party. <laughs> and when we walk in there, we'll see it decorated. We'll see it stylized. We'll see pictures on the wall. We'll see maybe new paint, some new carpet, wherever it may be that their style that they like. And they're creating a a place, a sanctuary. A style of their own, a place of their own, but at the same time, a place where they can invite guests to be comfortable and to be welcomed. This is in our nature. It goes very deep into our nature. A home is a very special place. So we also, in our church, we've decorated recently, I don't know if you've noticed. we done a few things here or there, just little little things. So we have a new carpet and we have new chairs and then before that we enlarged the stage and we upgraded sound equipment and projectors. So we've upgraded our our church as well, our church home. Could we have lived here and worshipped here without all of those things? Of course. We could have been up here worship team would have been A little cramped, a little more friendly, there wouldn't have been quite as much room. Maybe we couldn't have plugged in as many instruments. Don't say that you would prefer that. (laughs) But we could have. We could have soldiered on. It wasn't awful. But we decided to upgrade, to renew, to refresh, to decorate. Why did we do that? Well for both our homes and our churches, our church, I think there are two vital principles, spiritual principles at work. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9, reading from the NIV version, Paul says this, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid the foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So, just as with this physical building that we have here, the spiritual building, that we're all a part of, had a foundation. It had a foundation laid a long time ago. For both as a spiritual church but also as a particular congregation. The foundation was laid long ago. This house, this fellowship remained strong because of that foundation. And that foundation of course is Jesus Christ. But upon that foundation We built, didn't we? We added walls. Someone added a door or two and some windows. And someone framed the roof and laid on the shingles and the decking to protect us from the sun and the rain and and the wind. The house of this fellowship, this spiritual temple that we are, that we are a part of, has a long time ago been built and stood strong. Do we need to pull up the carpet again and check the foundation? No, it's here. Do we need to rebuild the walls or do something different with the roof? No, it's here. It stood the test of time. Do we need to build again the doors and the windows? course not. The spiritual house of faith that we are stands strong. We don't need to lay the foundation again. The foundation is Jesus Christ. The spiritual house of our faith is strong on him. You know, we already have the gospel of Christ. We already have that. Do we need to rediscover that again? No. We have the principles of his laws. In his righteousness. Do we need to. Well let's make sure that we've got that right. No. We have that. We already have that structure. We have the understanding. Of his holy days. We have the celebration. Of Christ represented throughout the year. These are. Timbers. In our spiritual house. And yet in spite of all this. In spite of all these established structures and the beautiful doctrines that we have and the beliefs that we have and the, the foundation of Jesus Christ, in spite of all that, Paul assumes that more building will take place. I don't know if you realize that, but in fact, he knows that more building will take place. So much so that he gives us guidelines as to how we could, should continue. The construction. He says in verse 12, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will still be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. From this, I think we can take a very strong message, a principle that we need to not only be careful of how we add to the spiritual house, but that we need to add to this spiritual house. That the building owner will come along and will inspect the house. He will examine it and see if it measures up. And when you have a house inspection, let's say you're buying an older house, on that inspection report it will tell you, uh, well, you really got to upgrade these appliances And you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And you will get a report of what you need to do, either as the seller or as the buyer to that house. We're going to get that report. Is it, is this spiritual house sufficient for him to dwell in? If necessary, he will use fire to test its endurance. I'm glad that no building inspector uses fire. Well, let's see if this burns. Oh, that burns. <laughs> but, of course, the trials of the fire that a church or a people will go through. But he's merciful that even if some of what we've built fails in the fire, it's not the end of it. He will still save us. Also from the same passage I think we get a second principle that we should take to heart is that this spiritual house, at least for now, is never finished. There's always more to do. There's always more to add. We know ourselves that from time to time a home gets redecorated. Why? It could be as simple as I'm just tired of looking at that color on the wall. Or maybe there's some termites. Something's crept in and it's kind of damaged and we didn't realize, so we, we need to break out that wall and since we're here, let's just add this on there and we'll keep building. There's lots of reasons why people would redecorate. Sometimes they're redecorated because new owners come in and the old owners move on to another house. A new generation will arise. At first, you know, in this house, if you think about it, we don't have somebody moving out so that somebody will move in. We just add two, don't we? And a new generation will come along and they'll say, well, yeah, it's okay. I appreciate you letting us decorate our own room. But now I want to decorate the living room. Well, I don't know about that. Do we really want them to decorate the living room? It's okay letting a teenager decorate their own room, right? Put their own posters up. But soon they will want to set about maybe making the rest of the house look like the way that they would prefer it. Now, certainly they won't be able to decorate the rest of the house, this spiritual house, with, you know, white snake posters or Chicago, or your favorite football team, or Coldplay, I guess that's a newer band. And it's not like we're going to put a big picture of Justin Bieber up here. (laughs) Whoa, where'd that come from? But they are, take that away, the next generation is going to decorate the house. Eventually, they are going to want to decorate and add appropriate decorations to the spiritual house of God. I remember my mom and dad. um, I remember asking my mom and dad when I was about sixteen. You know, we had this bathroom. There's only one bathroom in that house, and there was like a cover over this old um, uh, claw bathtub and. It had kind of been made to look like it was a built-in, but it was falling apart. And I was just tired of it. And I said, can I remodel the bathroom? Would you let me do that? And they're, you know, they're busy taking care of everybody else and everything else in the house. And my dad's like, sure, go ahead. Just don't touch the plumbing. So I set about remodeling the bathroom. And It's mainly cabinetry and trying to, you know, make it look a little nicer. And I learned two lessons there. It was not as easy as I thought it would be. I thought, ah, I'll just knock this out in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and I was finally finished. So that was one lesson. But the second realization was this, that I felt like I was part of the household more than before. It's not like I felt like I was a stranger or a visitor. This is my house. I grew up here. But now I felt like I was contributing. That I was part of it. That I had a new sense of belonging and being involved. So, we can take from that that this new generation or this next generation will also feel much more part of our spiritual house if they get to decorate a little bit. God has given us a beautiful spiritual house to dwell in. Filled with all kinds of kids. Because we are all kids. I don't care how old you are. We are all kids. We are God's kids. We are His children. And He's put us all together from all kinds of different places and different situations in life. And we are His children. And If you think about it, if we are His children, then our need to create, our need to build a house, to build onto the house, to add something new here, to add something new there, to enhance the house, that need comes from Him. He's the ultimate builder, right? He has built everything. So it's no surprise that at some point we have someone coming along saying, hey, can I, uh, can I remodel the bathroom? Can I uh, be involved in that spiritual work or this spiritual work? Because, of course, we're talking about the spiritual building of the church. So it's no surprise that his children would take after him. To add to the spiritual house, to bring in the stone, or the gold, or the jewels, or the wood, or the hay, the straw, to decorate, to add beauty, to add function, to fill a missing part, to add warmth and light. Not after our own desires, but after God's desires. Not for our own glorification, but for His and for the edification of everyone in this family, in this house. And those those of us that for a long time now have ensured that the structure of this house remains strong, that have built many facets of this spiritual house, I would say encourage welcome, create another spot right next to you for that new, new kid, for that new child to remodel the bathroom or to find a spiritual opportunity to serve in the church. By doing so, we will not only lighten the load that we each bear, but we'll also allow a fellow laborer to realize Even more so, that he or she belongs in this house. This is their home too. Paul continues in verse 16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. All of us are part of that temple. There is not a single one that's excluded. We're not here by accident. This is our spiritual home. And Paul continues this theme in Ephesians, chapter 2 and verse 19. And I want to read it from the Message Bible. You can certainly verify the accuracy with the King James, but the Message version gives a new perspective on it. It says... That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using, all, he's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. And now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick. Stone by stone. With Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. That holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. I think that's a fantastic translation. Because it just puts it in our modern language. And it expresses the desire and the meaning and the love that God has toward us and the longing that he has to dwell with us. Just because you are in the Baptist church it doesn't mean that you're any more or any less apart of the house of God. Just because you're in worldwide doesn't mean you're any more or any less in this house of God. It doesn't matter of our background. We are here. We are the redeemed. We are being built into this house collectively together. We are all by right sons and daughters This is our house. This is all of our dwelling place. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home.